The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And it doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Struggling with those uh, ugly psychological age spots? Hmm? Willing to take care of them? Raising your IQ at the same time? (laughs) Had an email, delightful woman Marie, she said, she goes... I just love when you act arrogant, and I love it even more when people don't get it. <laughs> Thanks, Marie. <laughs> 877-573-7825. I'm trying to say that as humbly as I can. Let me let me work. Wait a minute. Let me work on this a little bit. Um, if you wish, um, and it's not too much trouble, and uh, doesn't interfere with your day, and you're willing. Um, although I can accept if you're not, and uh, I'm certainly comfortable w- w- if you decide not to use that number, but 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 if it is something that uh, well doesn't doesn't really put you out too much, eight seven seven five seven three. Well, I don't even know if I should tell you the rest of the numbers because it's it's kind of self promoting, you know, call me kind of thing. Andrew, what should I do about that? Should I should I say the number? 877-57 equal is the number to call to get on to the program. If you would wish, if you'd wish, I'm really, you know, I'm I'm just going all out with the humility thing here. All out. I mean, I'm just making it infuse into every sentence. 877-573-7825 is the number. Call for now we got four reasons. One, the most common one, is you have a situation, circumstance, episode, question regarding people, places, things, rock, paper, scissors, in your life. Now, I'm a psychologist. That's what I do for a living professionally. But here on the radio, don't do therapy. Don't diagnose. Give a few thoughts, a few ideas for your pondering, maybe options, education. That's the main reason. Another one would be if you have a generic question. It doesn't necessarily have to be personal. Be generic. Something about uh, psychology, something about development, something about emotions. Maybe even something about the current culture as it assaults your moral values. It just beats them to death. Stand up strong. Don't let them get you down. It's time now. Three, if you want to help somebody else out. You say, you know what? I had a similar situation. And the new one that I've added is if you have insights and thoughts about how to live better, how to raise kids better, how to deal with difficult people, something that worked for you. Uh, We had some last week. Good stuff. I appreciate it. And I will take your insights and I will comment on them. 
adding hopefully my own insights. All right. Some business? Who do I got to thank here? Oh, the wonderful people at St. Joan of Arc out in Arvada, Colorado. What a wonderful group that was, listening on the the big station, the 1060 station out of Denver, Catholic Radio Network. Wonderful network. Um, Great turnout. Thank you so very much, folks, for all of that. I want to thank you. Also, uh, we now got scheduled up. They're coming fast and furious here. Doing the TV show. When is this? September 25th and 26th in Billings, Montana. Billings Catholic Radio. The uh, time is 5.30 p.m. and 7.15 p.m. Both nights, 25th, 26th. We'd love to have you in the audience. The audience is a critical part of the program. Makes it work. It truly does. Because when I first uh, started doing my public stuff as a psychologist, it was in speaking engagements. And so I learned to have an audience. Well, the TV show needs an audience. So we would love to have you. The more, the better. You can bring your kids. You can come for one show, two shows, three shows, four shows, whatever you want. So to sign up, all you do is you go to BillingsCatholicRadio.com. And right there, it says register. And you can just click on it. And you can say, here's who I am. Here's how many people I got coming. This is the shows we'd like. Feed you in between the shows. So those of you who have a whole bunch of kids, a passel of children, yeah, it's worth your worth your time just to feed them, right? Probably 30, 40, 50 bucks worth of food. And get two of these big homeschooling families. Just all we need is two of you with all the kids. We can fill the audience. All right. So it will be held at St. Francis Catholic School in the gym. So they're going to set up all the uh, stuff necessary, the cameras, the lighting, the staging, all of that. Okay, so hopefully we'll uh, be building up the numbers. He doesn't listen. That's probably one of the presenting complaints that someone has when they come in about a child that's giving them some trouble. He doesn't listen. Now, that's an interesting way to put it. It implies some things. It implies that, one, he should listen. Where is that written? When you expect a kid to listen, you're going to get disappointed and frustrated at least some of the time. Why? Well, because they're kids. And they don't see this through our eyes. So just because you say something as a parent, just because you say leave your sister alone, or just because you say you need to come up here and pick this up, that they're going to listen. Now, when parents say he doesn't listen, what they mean is he doesn't cooperate because he certainly listens. He hears it. He just doesn't do it. Okay? So given that, when you say he doesn't listen... What you're really saying is he's a kid. Now, how do you get him to listen? Well, when you make a statement or a request or a denial, when you use words, words, which he's supposed to listen to, but they don't. So you back it up. What are you going to do about it? 
Now, there's a certain irony here. If you want a kid to, quote unquote, listen, which means cooperate, which means be easier to guide and instruct. Well, you're going to have to do some disciplining, like it or not, pleasant or not. You're going to have to do that. So therefore, back it up. And here's the reward. The reward is then he will listen. If you're prepared to act when he's not listening, meaning not cooperating, he'll learn to cooperate when you just say something. Why? Because he knows that in the past you've done something. That's the difference when parents say he doesn't listen. What they're saying is, I want him to cooperate simply because I ask him to. Simply because I tell him to. Simply because I'm the big person who's smarter and he should realize that at age 5. Or 10. Or 16. Or 39. Where is that written? Again, to use that phrase. It's not written in any of my books. I always say that if you want a kid to listen, you got to teach him to listen. You got to teach him that your words matter, that you're not talking just to hear yourself talk, that you will, in fact, enforce, if you have to, what you're saying. And the great thing about that, I cannot stress this enough, if you establish that you are willing to act when you're ignored or defied or neglected or blown off, you will have to discipline less and less. That's the irony to the whole thing. Less and less. Why? Because he's learned. Now, I don't want to get too coarse about this, lest anybody be offended. You ever train a dog? When you train a dog, you got to do certain things, and you pair those things with your voice. Once the dog is trained, you only have to use your voice. You don't have to do all the stuff you did in the beginning to train this dog not to pee in your house. You take him to the door, you open the door, and you say, go piddle, and he goes. He listens. Now, the reason I was hesitant to use that example is I don't think that's fair to dogs. Because dogs generally listen a lot better than kids do. Maybe that's because we're better at training dogs than we are kids. I don't know. Dogs are also more grateful. They like you more. No matter what you do, they like you. So, given that, when you say he doesn't listen, that is is a signal that you need to look at what you're doing that allows him to ignore you. 877-573-7825 is the number to call to get onto the program. 877-57-EQUAL. I would be delighted to hear from you with a question, with a helpful comment for our listeners. That was good stuff last week. This is Dr. Ray. He was a doctor of the church, a Carmelite, and one of the most famous mystics of all time. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. John of the Cross wanted to help all Christians to become saints. One of his most important teachings was to encourage us all to learn how to love. 
For there is no love, he said, put love, and you will find love. He died in 1591. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. This program is brought to you in part by MyLifeAngels.com. My Life Angels provides peace of mind by notifying you the moment a loved one enters an emergency room. Right on your smartphone, you'll have instant access to everything needed, including all legal documents, to ensure you are empowered to protect their life-affirming wishes. My Life Angels also alerts hospital ER staff with critical medical information and emergency contacts. More information at MyLifeAngels.com. I've got a microphone, and I know how to use it. Dr. Ray Garendi, thanks for joining me Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, co-production of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, as well as Ave Maria Radio Communications, my compatriots there in the Ann Arbor studios, Andrew Kruchek, producer man, editor man. Father of two, Eric Dumont, calls Screamer Man, father of... Eric, you got two, don't you? I think, right? So, 877-573-7825, 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call. I would love to hear from you regarding questions about life, circumstances, situations, people, places, things. 877 57 equal i can't solve the problem but if we put two of our heads together we may be smarter than that seven-year-old we may be better able to navigate around that difficult person in your life you know one small suggestion can sometimes change everything 877-57 equal is the number to call One way to get a child to listen, besides following through, is to have him look you straight into the eye and repeat what you just said. Now, this is a particular antidote for SHL, selective hearing loss. I didn't hear you. I've never done a study on this, and I don't think in grad school they would have let me. However, I think that the percentage of time 
that a person, a kid, kids are persons, aren't they? I mean, most of the time. Percentage of the time that they didn't hear you is when you have asked them, told them to do something they didn't want to do. Do a little test. Wait until there is a 757 jet going overhead. Tell your son to go to the farthest reach of the backyard. Turn with your back to him and whisper nearly inaudibly, Forbes, I'm willing to raise your allowance $5 and I'll make your sister do all your chores. See if he doesn't turn around, come running, and say, That's great, Mom. Oh, cool. I heard you. That's right. But get a megaphone outside his bedroom door. Say something like, You need to get down here and pick up the stuff you left all over the floor. Ten minutes later. Do you hear me? What? I didn't hear you. So, that's one good way to do it. That's the test. That's the selective hearing loss test. Did Mary? Did Mary want to say something there, Eric? What did What did Mary have to say? In a comment, she's going to call back. Oh, okay, eight. Oh, she was driving. All right, she can't. Well, that's one thing. You know, you got to be careful. I'm in Ohio now. You can't. Uh, you can't drive holding your smartphone anymore. So you got to have it connected to your bluetooth and i wish i knew how to do that i've i've spoken with my eight-year-old uh niece had had her walk me through it all right phones are quiet this doesn't usually this doesn't usually happen all right i don't know what it is i've made the observation that summertime generally is a quieter time regarding numbers of calls because people are out and about they're doing things this week in particular with the holidays coming up all right so i want to talk some more about a couple of things that have been here you've heard about the birth order effect right the birth order effect says that certain places in the childhood order first kid second kid third kid fourth kid fifth kid once removed have certain characteristics and these characteristics are predicated upon their place in the family. You've all heard of middle child syndrome, which is not really a syndrome. It's not even a disorder. It's a media disorder. So, this all changes because we change. If there are any personality characteristics or traits belonging to the child in the order, it is not so much because the order and the place in the family, it's because we parents change. For example, with your first child, you begin wearing your maternity clothes as as soon as the OBGYN confirms you're pregnant. For your second child, you you wear your regular clothes for for as long as you can until it's not possible anymore. And then for your third child, your maternity clothes are your regular clothes. Give you one more, then I'm going to go to Mary. Your second, the, the first baby, you practice your breathing. That's right. You learn how to breathe right. Second baby, you don't practice. Because you remember the first time around, the breathing didn't do anything. 
And then your third baby, you say, can I have an epidural in your eighth month? All right, let's go to Mary because I prompted something with my rock, paper, scissors in my intro. Hi, Mary. Hey. Um, just talking what? to your screener, and I said this is probably just really silly, but something you said in your end. Mary, Mary, large parts yes. of my whole program are silly. Well, that's why I thought it would be okay to call. Yes, thank you. What do you got? Well, I do love your show. Um, on your rock, paper, scissors comment, and I remembered my seven-year-old grandson. I had 16 scrambled eggs for breakfast, and I set them down, and he went, oh. That's not how my mom cooks them. I don't want to eat those. <clears throat> and I said, well, let's think about it. One day, you're going to be a dad. And what if you fix scrambled eggs for your son and set them down? And he said, oh, dad, that's not the way mom fixed it. I don't want to eat them. Well, what do you think they should do? And he said, rock, paper, scissors. And whoever wins, that's how we do the eggs. Mary, do you, thought, you, do you remember? What? Do you remember what wins what in rock paper scissors? Well, it's rock over paper, scissors over paper. Uh, what is it? Rock paper scissors. Scissors cut paper. Rock smashes everything. Paper covers rocks. Yes. Very good. <laughs> so Very. Um, I thought you could employ this now with all your counseling problems. Just use rock, paper, scissors. And whoever wins, that's what we're going to do. Are you Italian, Mary? No, I'm Welch. (laughs) Italians have a game called Mora. And if you watch a couple of old Italian guys, particularly at wedding receptions or any place like that, you hear them going, Sei, setta, otto, novedige, uno, duo. The way Mora is played is that you throw out your fingers... And you call a, a particular thing. You call it in Italian all the way up to nine, I think. And okay. then, of course, you have to guess the total or somehow that works. And uh, these guys will play that for hours on end. But that's a, a very sophisticated version of rock, paper, scissors. It is. It is. With much Absolutely. hand gesturing. Yes. Oh, yeah. You got to throw your hand out. Just like the old yeah. joke. Just like the old joke. They noticed there was a statue of St. Francis in the vestibule of the church. And St. Francis had his arms out like this. And the uh-huh. priest said, you know, we're just, we're just not getting. We're just not getting the support we'd like. The accountant said, here's what you do. You take one of St. Francis's arms and you move it and you get it to point to a collection basket right underneath his finger. One finger pointing to the collection basket. Sure enough, sure enough, collections exploded. Then one Sunday the pastor noticed the collections were gone. He's thinking, what, what, nobody, nobody in my parish is going to steal? So he waited and he watched after the masses were done. Everybody was gone. Little old Italian guy came in. He walked up to St. Francis. He threw out five fingers. He said, Say, which is six. He says, Ah, you lose again, St. Francis. And he took the money. See? There you go. (laughs) 
Okay. Mary, thank you, dear, for the call. I love it. Rock, paper, scissors. Good yeah. girl. I'll, I'll talk to you. Thank you. All right. Roseanne said her brother, her brother, I have less than a minute. All right, Roseanne, stay there because I want to hear more about these details because I think I think this is an interesting thing. So I'm going to let this go because I just got about 10 seconds and I was going to, I didn't even notice the, the clock there, the musical start and Harold's in here reading my 1,001 one-liners. See anything good in there, Harold, that you can steal from me? <laughs> I stole yours. This is Dr. Ray, 877-5070. Give me a call. It's the bottom of the show. And typically, at the bottom of the show, people call in because they say, okay, it's time. Listen to enough of this guy. Perhaps there is a chance he might have something helpful if I call. And now, the EWTN Family Prayer with Father Joseph. Family, a prayer that we pray together is a powerful prayer. So please pray together with me, our EWTN family prayer. Today we pray for those who are suffering with Parkinson's disease. Lord Jesus Christ, consolation of the afflicted, you are our refuge. We pray for those who are suffering the effects of Parkinson's disease. As they lose their physical strength and abilities, increase their spiritual strength and abilities. Renew their inner spirit day after day, and through their share in your sufferings, give the grace of conversion to sinners. And their weakness, reveal your strength. Give peace and joy to those who care for them. Amen. The prayer of the hour of Jesus is an extraordinary prayer, states the Catholic Catechism. It is the longest prayer recorded in the Gospels that Jesus offers to his Father. He prays it as he is facing the hour of his passion. The Catechism claims the prayer embraces the whole economy of creation and salvation, as well as Jesus' death and resurrection. It always remains his own prayer, just as his Passover, once for all, remains always present in the liturgy of his church. In this paschal and sacrificial prayer, also known as Jesus' priestly prayer, everything is concisely reviewed and summarized in Christ. God and the world, the word and the flesh, eternal life and time, the love that hands itself over, and the sin that betrays it. Jesus fulfilled the work of the Father completely. His prayer, like his sacrifice, extends until the end of time. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. All right, to your calls in a moment, but I just want to do one more of the baby progression. First baby, first sign of distress. Anything, whimper, frown, pick up the baby. Second baby. Well, you pick them up when the whales threaten to wake the first baby. And by the time you get around to the third baby... You teach your three-year-old how to rewind the mechanical swing. That's the way it goes on that one. All right. Roseanne has a comment, a basically a healing comment, because this is something that she said, I decided I'm going to do what I can do to get 
to get the. She did her own kind of excommunication. Hi, Roseanne. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Ray. Oh, boy. I never thought of it that way. Well, Dr. you told Ray. him you wouldn't want to talk to him anymore. I did. I, and I didn't talk to him for a while. Um, yeah. He was a bully. And. It was like he was like that his whole life towards me, and not just me. I mean, it was his personality. Even as an adult. Um, and, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay. he was a a, a lawyer. Um, he did a lot of litigation, and uh, he won. You know, almost all the time because he just cowed everybody. Um, but he really was awful, and. Just about every time we got together, it wound up with me being in tears. And it was before you were on the air, and I so I hadn't learned the thing about not letting it get to me. I hadn't learned that yet. You just figured if he so, was nasty, you had to feel bad. Yeah, I you did. Couldn't, you, I mean, you couldn't he, say he, that, was, that was his persona, and I don't need to be distressed over the way he acts, even if it's toward me, right? You didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I I wasn't at that point, right? I it did it did get to me. It's a good thing I, I came along. Good yeah, thing I came absolutely. along. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote him a letter because I just couldn't deal with it anymore. And in the letter, I outlined what bothered me about his behavior and and you know how that he was a bully and 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 I I pointed out examples and I told him that I just couldn't have a relationship with him if he was going to behave that way towards me and I just didn't want to have any more to do with him and I didn't talk to him how long and uh about a year but uh did he respond parents, to that letter did he call you he did after about a year he wrote back to me but it took that long. It took a year, and and it was really bothering my parents, and I didn't like that. But I I didn't give in, and uh, you know when he tried to call me, I just didn't. I just ignored the calls. I didn't answer him. But he wrote me a letter after about a year, and in the letter he said that he felt really bad about what had happened, that I was his only sister, and a vital part of his life, and he didn't want to lose me. And what I it took him a year to realize that. Yeah, took him a year, but then he invited me to join him in Europe for a vacation. Roseanne, I am I am major confused here. Will you clear up my confusion? Sure. Okay. How old were you when you wrote this letter? Uh, I want to say fifty. So your brother, I assume, is older than you, correct? Five years, yeah. All right. So for approximately, oh, not quite half a century, this guy mistreated you. He did, yeah. All right. And I would bet that during that time, you, you, he saw your tears, or he mm-hmm. saw how uncomfortable he made you, or he, maybe you even got into it with him. And that didn't change anything. No. So what do you think it was about you writing a letter? Now, if you'd have said to me, Dr. Ray, I'm going to write him a letter, I would have said, 
Roseanne, you go ahead and do that. But don't get your hopes up. It's been 50 years. This guy's been acting like this towards you. Uh, don't think that just because you put it down, he's going to go, oh, gosh, I didn't realize that. So what was it? Did he tell you what it was that made him rethink the way he treats you? Well, what he said was, I miss you. And I didn't, I don't want you to be mad at me our whole lives. I'm sorry. I behave that way. I won't do it anymore. I really miss you. That's and he, he said. and he didn't do it anymore. Well, whenever he hardly did it anymore, oh. he really, really <laughs> tried. He watched himself. He really, <laughs> he, he what? He watched what? himself. He did. He really did. And if he lapsed into it, I told him so, and he stopped. He did. We had. He's he's gone now. He passed away about five years ago. But for the last 10 years or so of his life, however long it was, we had a wonderful relationship. Very warm, very loving. And occasionally he would slip into that mode, but only rarely. And when I pointed it out, he didn't get mad at me. He just said, oh, I'm sorry. By any chance, did he have a resurgence of his faith? You know, we talked about it a lot, and he had a resurgence of faith, although it wasn't in our church. He had a resurgence of faith in God, yes. He okay. never got around to rejoining the church, but he did have a, a resurgence of faith, and we talked about religion a lot. Because that probably was involved in making him look at himself and yeah, say... Probably. The way I'm treating my sister is wrong. I'm not allowed yeah. as a Christian or as a believer in God to do this. See, I got there, there's something there, Roseanne, that I'm I'm trying to piece together in terms of what it was about that letter. Because I know you told him all that stuff before, probably a bazillion times. And oh you, yeah, I yeah. never put it in writing before, but yeah, okay. I well, maybe because he was a lawyer, you know what I mean? You had to have it notarized, three copies in your home safe, whatever. Well, I am so glad, my dear, that that, that is nice. I, I like to hear those kinds of happy endings, and that was beautiful. Yeah. And you know what? The, the One of the better things to come out of that was that you, you did not have to be so disturbed and fight so hard not to let him get to you the last years of his life. You didn't have to do it's that. true. I that know. is so true. I know. It's I knew I'd say something brilliant anymore. if I kept you on the phone long enough. No, it's true. Dr. Ray, every time you talk about this with other people, you know, about how they shouldn't let it get to them, I'm here cheering you on because it's so true. And I did learn it. Yeah. Took you long enough, Roseanne. <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> God bless you, dear. Thanks. Thanks, this, this is okay. Dr. Ray. All righty, got a good one from Elizabeth up there, and got uh, more of your calls. Eight seven seven fifty seven equal, and and you know, okay. Oh, I was watching a show last night, and man, after after every other sentence, okay, okay. Oh my gosh, 
Okay? All right? I got my theory about that. We live right now in dark and confusing times, but Jesus is always at work. We shouldn't allow ourselves to forget what we know just because we're facing many circumstances that are threatening and confusing to us. You know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know that he's poured out his Holy Spirit and formed his body on the earth, and that he is the head of the body in heaven, and his body is right here on earth. You can point to it. Jesus didn't just leave us a set of teachings. Jesus, in fact, gave us himself. The church is ultimately the deifying union between Christ the head and the sanctified members of his body. And so just as the Lord unfurls himself into the Eucharist, Jesus is also extending his divinely human presence into his mystical body, the church. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. We just did our parish mission a couple weeks ago now, and I suggested that in the course of the mission that we do something like a a little mini spiritual assessment of our lives. I don't have to show this to anybody, but a great chance for us just uh, with real honesty, just between us and Jesus, ask ourselves some questions. First question, given the fact that half of Catholics don't think God is even personal, would be to ask ourselves that. Do I think God is personal? And then to ask myself, do I think a relationship with Jesus is possible? Do I have a relationship with Jesus? And if so, what's it look like? And then perhaps a little bit more awkwardly or painfully to ask Jesus from his perspective, what's the friendship that we have with him look like? How would he describe our friendship with him? That might be a hard conversation to have. I got a theory on why parents use the word okay after every time they offer their offspring instruction. But I've been noticing it in some of the drama shows I've been watching lately. Even the cops. Even the cops. Well, we're going to need you to to come to cover the back, okay? Uh, we're going to need you to more or less make sure that uh, that person is involved with the proper interrogation, okay? I'm telling you, we we are language sheep. Elizabeth from Porterville, California. Hi, Elizabeth. Good morning. Give me some good help here. What do you got? Well, I have 27 years. I just retired from teaching. I have 27 years. I taught kindergarten in our local Catholic school. Lots of chances to interact with youngsters and lots of chances to see them interacting with their parents. And if I could give parents one piece of advice to get your children to be more cooperative, as you phrased it, and rather than listening, I love that opening, by the way. If I could give parents one piece of advice, I would say when you tell your child what you want them to do, don't end your request with the word, okay. Because by doing so, you are giving them the choice whether or not it's okay with them that they do that. Morning time, you're getting ready for school. The kid has to put on his shoes. Don't say, put on your shoes now, okay? 
with a question mark at the end because then you're saying, is it okay with you if you put your shoes on? And chances are, it's not okay with him because he wants to keep playing with his toys. So lose the word okay and make it a request and not a question. And Why do you think people, parents do that? Because they want to be nice, because they want to be friends with their child, because they don't want to be the taskmaster. Let's all just get along. Nicely invite them. Yeah, let's all just get along. Let's just be nice. And, you, you know, I'll ask you nicely and you do what I say. And that's lovely. That's a lovely scenario. But in order to make that a reality, like you say, it's like, it's like training a dog. You have to be consistent. You have to be clear. And you have to train them that your voice is what they need to listen to and follow. You know, that's a wonderful insight, Elizabeth, and I would like to compliment you on it because it parallels me. Uh, I have uh, two, two books that deal with this directly. I call it Addenda, which is my initial request or my initial instruction cannot stand on its own, so I have to add something to it. For example, okay is one, all right is another, did you hear me is another, um, what are some of the other mm-hmm. ones? I mean it. I mean it's a big one. Leave your sister alone. I mean it. Well, wait a minute. Did I'm you not, not... going to tell you again. Yeah, yeah. I'm Did not you not mean you it when you don't say I mean it? Yeah. So that's right. The Start paying attention, by the way, if you watch any kind of shows on TV, drama. Start paying attention to the dialogue and how they use okay when interacting with another person where they have to make an instruction or a request or a demand. I noticed yeah. that last night, a high percentage yeah. of OKs. Very high. There's a, there was a fellow that was a, probably the most popular local talk show host here in the Northeastern Ohio area. He said OK after every other sentence. So, so I don't think they have a chance to win that, OK? So there's no reason that they're going to even try because if they would have gone in the fourth round, okay, that and that it just became his verbal tick. Elizabeth, thank you, my dear. Okay, I appreciate your calling. You're very welcome. Okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> oh, got some good calls up here. All right, uh, no, no. Mary from Dollars Taxes. Mary, I was just down in Dallas probably what two weeks ago. Hi, Mary. Oh, really? Sorry, I missed your... I know it, because I got, I got into the airport, and I said, where's Mary? She's not here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, as you can see what the grandchild issue is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing I can do, give, or say about the other one where the other one is, well, what about me and me, and how come I don't? And blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know... The gimme syndrome. I mean, I... I've labeled it that. The gimme okay. syndrome. Gimme, gimme. Gimme, gimme. Oh, why so, is that? Well, because our kids are growing up very entitled. What? My brother got something I didn't get? Well, that's not fair. So how how badly do they react? Pretty badly. I mean, when I'm when they're in my care, I I don't have the patience too much and I just have to say you know you need to be happy for someone when they get something else you know and how about when I did I didn't get this you know and blah, 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 so they just kind of walk away you want to you want to really you want to really kind of and I hesitate to say it this way but play with their heads sure I'd love it 
All right, here's what you do. You tell the boys, sit them down. They're two girls. Oh, two girls. Okay. Tell the girls. You know, uh, tell you what, uh, I've been I've been hearing a lot that when one of you gets something and the other doesn't, there's uh, there's a problem. There's jealousy here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to be equal where I can, but uh, if anybody complains about what the other person got, the next time around, I'm just going to give it again to the other person. Okay. I don't, want to, I don't want to hear any more complaining about what you didn't get. Because if I do, you're not going to get it next time. Even if it's your turn. Got it. Do I got to think of everything here, Mary? Mary, do I have to think of everything? I think in this case, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm new at this. And uh, and the other day we had a situation. This is kind of not on the same level, but with the grandkids. It's um, we're going to church and I had to take them. And of course, they want to dress like their mother you know, who unfortunately isn't very modest, okay? But anyway, so of course I had to make them change, you know? And the older one was like, why, why? And, you know, all I could say was because I said so, you know? And, uh, but why? Well, it's disrespectful. Just go change, you know? And she just kind of went out the door. I'm not sure what to say when these poor kids, it's what they see at home. I know. You know, how could I say don't dress like your mother? You know what Well, I mean? the other thing you just said and I don't want to I don't want to stretch for a conclusion too far, but if you're observing that mom uh perhaps is uh, more um socially shaped, culturally shaped, then it's likely that these girls are probably getting an awful lot of stuff at home. So they can't deal well oh, with yeah. when when they don't get it. That true? Yes. You know, there's a lot of that, uh, okay, okay, shut up here, you can have it, mm-hmm. you know, from yeah. your parents. Okay. Well, you can only teach as you can, Mary, and they'll recognize that Grandma loves me, but Grandma doesn't do it the way Mom and Dad do because Grandma has different standards. You're right, my dear. Thanks, Mary. I'll talk to you. This is Dr. Ray. I'll be back. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Do you have a lonely brain? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Loneliness, only enhanced during the pandemic, can actually help alter certain brain patterns, which can lead to various mental health issues like anxiety and depression. Your physical health can be challenged. Even with social media, loneliness is described as an epidemic. Loneliness can be complex, and there's a stigma associated with it. But mindfulness training, what you and I may call quiet and holy time, 
has been shown to combat loneliness. Pray more. Breathe deeply. Increase your list of friends. Even force being more social. Don't be afraid to gather or appropriately touch others. A hug or a fist bump can signal that you are present with somebody. Let's not forget our priests and religious sisters and brothers. When was the last time you hugged your priest? If you sense somebody you know is lonely, ask them how you can help. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on the lonely brain at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Ray Garandi. Program doctors in Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Website, DrRay.com. All the books, all 17 books are there. And uh, they're signed. Well, not by me, but they are signed. <laughs> no, they're signed by me. All right. Got some, got some heavies up there. Uh, Ryan is calling from Pittsburgh, Kansas. Uh, that uh, town stole... The Pittsburgh name from Pennsylvania here. Hi, Ryan. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. It absolutely did steal that name. <laughs> did it bring some of the oh. did some of the settlers come over and then start their own Pittsburgh? Yeah, and it, it's uh, it was a coal mining camp for uh, a lot, very long time. Now it's a university town. I got it. So you had a yeah. kidney transplant, huh? Ten years ago. Yes, sir. Uh, Thirteen and a half years ago, I got uh, E. coli poisoning, and uh, it it completely wrecked my body. Um, I almost died. If it wasn't for Father Ammo Tape, then I wouldn't be here, in my opinion. Um, but uh, kidney working okay? I get a kid. Uh, it's starting to kind of flutter a bit. Um, they told me if I made it past five years, I was doing great, and I've, I've doubled that. But here lately, I've been flipping in and out of stage two and stage three renal failure. So another transplant is probably going to happen. Um, but I went through two transplant programs. It was supposed to be to see a psychologist, and it never happened. And is now that, is I'm that routine? To, is that what they say basically? Yeah, you're get it's okay. re- exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and now they're wanting to send me to psychotherapy because of uh, because of my depression and anxiety about all of this. And I'm just kind of, I don't know if I want to do that or just keep counseling with my priest, which is going well. But psychotherapy, that just scares me, hearing that word. Would they accept if you told them that my priest has been counseling me, and he certainly has people skills, and he's willing to, to give you a report? on uh, my ability to adjust well to an, a new kidney? I, I don't know if they would or not. Um, it's a question I'm going to have to ask them. I, I have my first meeting on Friday. Okay. Um, this is with a, a nurse practitioner. Um, she's just going to do like an intake kind of a deal. You know what the sad uh, part of all this is, Ryan? 
What's that, sir? Depending upon her particular worldview. Exactly. She, she could respect the fact that you're a religious guy and you get great benefit from talking to a priest who respects you and what you believe. On the other hand, if she's coming from a very secular position, which too often doesn't have a whole lot of respect for people of religious faith, she may yes. say, well, no, no, priests are not highly trained to give counseling. We need to refer you to a counselor type of our choosing, which would be sad, um, because unfortunately, my experience has been a lot of counselor types don't respect people of faith. Yes. Um, but here's what I would say to you. Well, if, my, if Go ahead. Go ahead. My, my priest is also a psychologist. Oh, well, there you go. There you can make your case. So you can make your case. Okay. He's just, he's a psychologist. I've been seeing him for a long time. I'm very comfortable with him. He knows me very yeah. well. He's much more equipped to make a, an accurate assessment of my personality and my coping skills. Were I to go through this again? Oh, I think that's great. Okay. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate it. Keep me you in sound, your prayers, please. You sound kind of young. How old are you? I'm 42. So 13 years uh, ago, you were 29. When I was 29 years old was when it happened. I I turned uh, 29 in the hospital. Damn. I was in the uh, ICU. I was on a vent for a while. Um, they didn't expect me to come off the vent for seven days, and I they a priest friend put a uh, what would become a second class relic of Father Capon under my pillow, a piece of his Roman collar. And asked my friends and my family to to ask Father Capon to intercede for me, and I was off the ventilator in uh, less than 24 hours, and started making a speedy recovery. But my kidneys never came back. Well, because uh, of that, Ryan, dialysis. I hope that that is for you a continuing getting closer to our Lord, because you realize what He did for you, and you can say, "I can, I can spend the rest of my life paying you back." Absolutely. All right. Thanks for the call, Ryan. I appreciate Absolutely. it, Thank buddy. you, Doctor. I appreciate it. All righty. God bless. Carolyn, I've only got about a minute or so, so I'm going to invite you to call back in the future. You call back, you'll be the first one up. Hi, Carolyn. Hi. How old is your How old is your son who's in this dark place? I love listening to you on the radio. Thank you. How old is your son who's in this dark place? I, I was having trouble hearing you. There you go. How old is your son who is in this dark place? He is 56. Oh, my. Yeah. Okay. Well, you say he's smoking dope and he is using yeah. shrooms, as we hear yeah. it called on the street. Well, has he had a history of this stuff? Well, I didn't know about the mushrooms until recently. Um, my brother... But um, he's, he has... Well, you know what, Carolyn? I'm so sorry. I'm, go I'm going to have to cut you off because I only got 10 seconds. You please call back. You'll be the first one up. I guarantee you that. This is Dr. Ray. Thanks for keeping me company. Walk with God. It's an eternal walk. All other walks will end. 
For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.